encourage you that despite how chaotic it gets and despite how challenging things become, that we make sure we anchor ourselves in the word of God, that we make sure we strengthen ourselves in the word of God. Now, in Psalm 111, verse number 10, which was part of our scripture lesson from the lectionary today. And I want to look at it again, Psalm 111 and verse number 10. And then I also want us to go to Proverbs chapter 4, verses 5, 6, and 7. So Psalm 111, and let's look and see what God says to us from his holy and eternal word. Psalm 111 and verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practice it have good understanding. His praise endures forever. Now I want to go to Proverbs chapter 4. Let's look at this. Proverbs chapter 4 verses 5 through 7. Then he taught me and he said to me, take hold of my words with all your heart. Keep my commands and you will live. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Though it costs all that you have, get understanding. In all of your getting, get understanding. I want to talk to you this morning from the subject, the fear factor. The fear factor. Last week, we looked at the trust factor. Today, we're going to look at the fear factor. Uh, next week, we're going to look at the wealth factor. And then uh, the week after next, we'll continue with the hope factor. So we're going to be dealing with these factors uh, for the next few weeks. I want to talk to you this morning from the subject, the fear factor. Wisdom in an age of chaos, the fear factor. Uh, when it comes to the word fear, it evokes all kinds of emotions. Emotions. Let's let's have a conversation. It evokes all kinds of emotions. There are emotions that are triggered by just the mere word fear. Fear uh, has become uh, a part of our culture, especially in the last 20 years since the advent of 9-11. Uh, and during 9-11, there has been a tremendous, there has been a tremendous, uh, a tremendous fascination with the word fear. We see it in movies. We see it uh, in popular culture. We see it uh, as it pertains to the things we deal with on a day to day basis. But it was in 1933, uh, right after the great stock market crash of 1929, uh, when we began to see these words echoed by the late. 
late President Franklin Delano Roosevelt, who said that we have nothing to fear, but fear itself. We have nothing to fear, but fear itself. And I want to deal with that because when we think of fear, we often think of fear uh, in the context or in the purview or in the perspective of that which is unsustainable, that which is uncontrollable. Who am I talking to this morning? That which we uh, are unknown and we have a fear sometimes of which we cannot control. But I want to look at uh, fear from a healthy lens, from a healthy sense. Uh, There are healthy ways in which we are to fear and unhealthy ways in which we fear. Our society has been diagnosed with unhealthy fear. Uh, CNN produces something called the Fear and Greed Index, the Fear and Greed Index, and the Fear and Greed index measures the pulse of fear throughout the nation. And whenever the fear and greed index is low, which it is now, it normally causes stock panic. It normally causes financial panic. It normally causes economic turbulence. And whenever the fear and greed index is high, it normally uh, causes many to overindulge. So we see normally two uh, ways in which uh, we deal with unhealthy healthy fear. Uh, We tend to look at it from uh, the worst of the worst and then uh, the best or what we appear the best of the best. The Bible invites us, the word of God invites us to deal with fear in an entirely different way. Fear from a biblical connotation is countercultural, and we are invited to deal with this. And I want to really teach this so that we are able to grow uh, in understanding this, because many of us have been gripped with un- the unknown and trying to handle all of the changes that are happening around us and in front of us. Glory to God. I need you praying this morning. And so we want to make sure that we learn how to handle and deal with fear. Wisdom is the law and language of God. Wisdom is the law and language of God. And so when it comes to fear, there are several things we must understand. And Psalm 111 and verse 10 tells us, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord. You can have, or you can put them up. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And as you see, uh, wisdom is the law and language of God. Just click it. Wisdom is the law and language of God. And so we want to look at five dimensions of wisdom. Five dimensions of wisdom. The first is the spiritual dimension of wisdom. Psalm 111 and 10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now, the fear of the Lord covers two aspects, and I want us to understand this. First of all, to fear the Lord means to turn away from sin. Okay, so to fear the Lord means to turn away from sin and everything that is wrong and to reverence or have respect for God, reverence and respect for God. 
One of the challenges in our world today that we are dealing with in our society today that we are dealing with, that's good, that we're dealing with, uh, is that there is no longer any reverence or fear for God. And when there's an absence of reverence and fear for God, recklessness ensues. When there's an absence of a reverence, a fear for God, chaos ensues. When there's an absence of a fear of God, uh, all kinds of unrighteousness and immorality begins to take place. And so we must make sure that we recover a healthy fear of the Lord. We got to put some, as we said a few years back, uh, it was in popular culture. We got to put some respect on his name. We got to make sure that we have a healthy fear of the Lord. And not only that, uh, but we must make sure that the fear of the Lord means reverence. The fear of the Lord means reverence. The fear of the Lord means reverence. It also means intimacy and awe. I'm going to say it again. The fear of the Lord means reverence. It also means intimacy with closeness with God and awe. We should never get so common with God that we sit up there and we just think that we don't have to reverence him. Amen. We have to reverence him. We have to bless him. We have to look to him. We must also worship him in the beauty of holiness. So the fear of the Lord means reverence. The fear of the Lord means intimacy. And the fear of the Lord means awe. So if we don't have the fear of the Lord, it means we have not begun the journey to wisdom. I want to invite you on the journey this morning. We're called to be on the journey this morning, no matter where you are. No matter what state you're in, no matter what country you're in, no matter if you're listening via podcast, no matter if you're catching the replay, no matter if you're in worship with us right now on Facebook or Instagram or YouTube or podcast, wherever you are, I want to invite you on a journey of wisdom. Because Proverbs chapter 4 reminds us that wisdom is the principal thing. It is the main thing. And so we've got to make sure that we keep the main thing, the main thing. The second dimension of wisdom is mental. The second is the mental dimension of wisdom. The mental, the mental dimension of wisdom. And the mental dimension of wisdom, the mental dimension of wisdom is having deep understanding of how life operates. Having deep understanding of how life operates. Let's go a step deeper. The mental aspect of wisdom comes through observation and appreciation of how things work. When I was growing up, I had a fascination with Legos, my brother and I. Legos. If you came to our house, we had Legos all over the house. Legos, putting things together. Some of you might remember Legos, uh, putting things together. Now they have the Legos games. I ain't talking about the game. I'm talking about the physical, uh, putting your hands and putting the blocks together, right? And so Legos, putting things together, how things work, how things work, how things work. Uh, and so the mental aspect comes through observation and appreciation, observation and appreciation. But now here's where it gets interesting. 
And here's where I want to borrow your attention for just a moment. Here's where I want to wrestle with your attention for just a moment. Okay. Uh, uh, notice here. Wisdom is when you have the insight to put knowledge to use. Wisdom is when you have the insight to put knowledge to use. Wisdom is when you have the insight to put knowledge to use. So how does this work? Mental wisdom is watching from life in order to learn and improve your own. I'm going to say it again. Mental wisdom is watching from life to learn how to improve your own. We have heard commonly said, it's a cliche, uh, that we have heard commonly said that the best experience, was, uh, the best uh, uh, experience, the best way to learn is from experience or the best way to grow is from experience. But I want to challenge that and say that a lot of times you can grow by using that mental aspect of wisdom, looking and seeing what others have done, looking and seeing what others have failed in, looking and seeing what others have uh, experienced, and then learning how to either apply that in the right direction or go in the opposite direction. You don't have to follow every pitfall. Amen. And so wisdom is when you have the insight to put knowledge to use. Wisdom is when you have the insight to put knowledge to use. So you've got to put that knowledge to use. Okay, you got to put that knowledge to use. How are you going to apply it? You know, we live in a society today where we have we have so many, you know, we have all kinds of credentials and I'm I'm credentialed myself and working on doctorate and all that is wonderful. And we have all of these. Everybody got pieces of paper and everything. Everybody's posting what they have on LinkedIn and all of that. And yet we've got all this information, but we're starving for wisdom. We've got all this education, all of this information, but we're starving for wisdom. And we're starving for wisdom because wisdom is not academic. Wisdom comes from God. Somebody say amen. Wisdom comes from God. Type that in. Say it. Wisdom comes from God. Christ is the wisdom of God. I need wisdom in every area of my life. I need wisdom in how I make decisions. I need wisdom. Some of you need wisdom in who you choose to marry. Wisdom in how to build a family. Wisdom in how to excel in your work. Wisdom in how to thrive at home. Wisdom in how to thrive as a parent. Wisdom in how to navigate every area and facet of your life. Wisdom comes from God. And so we've got to understand that. Got to understand that. In the words of Martin Neumeyer, he said, we are living in a society today where we are information rich, but time poor. Information rich, but time poor. I want to say we're information rich, time poor, and we're starving for wisdom. Wisdom. Yes, I see you. Wisdom comes from God. So the first dimension of wisdom is spiritual. The second dimension of wisdom is mental. I'm doing good with time. All right. Now, thirdly, the third dimension of wisdom is moral. The moral dimension of wisdom. The moral dimension of wisdom. The moral dimension of wisdom. Now, this is where uh, we, 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 we get tripped up today. All right, come on, let's, 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 let's dive in. We get tripped up because uh, the moral dimension of wisdom is the ability to differentiate right from wrong. The moral dimension of wisdom is the ability to differentiate right from wrong. So moral wisdom is inspired 
and built by spiritual wisdom. Okay, moral wisdom is inspired and built by spiritual wisdom. So anything that goes against this God's instructions are signs that we need moral wisdom. Lying, backbiting, adultery, all the stuff. We all right. Any of that requires moral wisdom. The problem is today our society is anti-God. And because we are against the things of God, there is no longer a standard of moral wisdom. Okay? There are some things that are right and some things that are wrong. And the word of God establishes our our compass for life. And I want you to understand this. We We are supposed to understand that murder is wrong. Don't make a difference what someone has done to you. You are not the judge, jury, or the executioner. Amen. And we see many of our young men, especially young men of color, uh, being shot down and gunned down in the streets. Amen. Uh, and, And so we must understand that that is a moral issue that must be addressed when it comes to the destruction and the prison industrial complex today in which we uh, uh, we try to delineate what crime is higher than another crime. And some are even serving sentences for things that they did not do. That is a moral issue of wisdom. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I used to do prison ministry and for a couple of years we would go on Christmas Day and spend time with inmates uh, in juvenile prison. And every year I would do career day in prison and I would spend time ministering to inmates. For many years, many uh, inmates of young men and women would write us and send us letters to our ministry and they would talk to us and tell us about how they were wrongfully convicted and how one person had did a greater crime in their circumstance and in their situation, but they got more time because of how it was written out. And what we must realize today is that there must be a return to moral wisdom. Whenever we see morals being broken down, hallelujah, whenever we see society being broken down, when we see uh, our society in our movies and in our television where we celebrate, do you understand how ridiculous this is? Our society and even in Hollywood, we celebrate the cheater. We celebrate the one in Hollywood. We celebrate the movie, the one that, that cheated their way to the top, that cheated to get in the relationship, that cheated to get this and cheated to do that. So our society is wiring our minds against the morals of God. Come on here. Hallelujah. And, and, and so, so we, 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 are, we are being baited against moral wisdom. And then we wonder why there's instability in our families, instability uh, in relationships, instability in homes, instability wherever we look because we're being fed immorals. And it takes us away from moral wisdom. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Glory to God. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. You don't have to accept what society says. You don't have to accept what people say. God is still on the throne. You don't have to do what other people do just because they say it's popular. You can follow and live according to the word of God. And so anything that goes against the instructions of God are signs that we need moral wisdom. 
The fourth dimension of wisdom is the practical dimension of wisdom. Help me, Holy Ghost. The practical dimension of wisdom. In this practical dimension of wisdom, uh, it allows us the ability to use creativity to solve problems. Uh, the ability to use creativity to solve problems. I'm going to go. I'm going to park there in just a minute. Knowledge. I want you to get this. And this is important. Knowledge is information. Knowledge is information. Understanding. Understanding. Understanding is comprehension. So knowledge is information. Understanding is comprehension. But wisdom is application. Okay, so knowledge is information, understanding is comprehension, but wisdom is application. So practical wisdom, practical wisdom is knowledge understood and applied. I'm going to say that again. Okay, knowledge is information, understanding is comprehension, but wisdom is application. How are you applying what you know? You know, there's some folk, you tell them something, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, but are you applying it? You can know it, but are you applying it? You can know it, but are you living it? I have seen people sit, sit under the word. I could never understand it growing up, uh, uh, being a PK and all that. And my grandfather would preach the preach the paint off the walls. And I would see people hear the word, clap, jump, shout, leap, clap, jump, shout, leap, but no change in their life. And so it's very possible to hear something, get fed off of what you hear in your spirit and not activate it. God wants us to activate this thing. We've got to apply this thing. How are you applying what you have heard? We're called to be hearers and doers of the word. So I'm not just to hear it. I've got to heed it. And once I heed it and I hear it, then I'm able to uh, apply it and make it applicable in my lifestyle. Hallelujah. And so knowledge, information, understanding, comprehension, wisdom is application. So practical wisdom, again, is knowledge understood and applied. Christ is the wisdom of God. Come on, let's go a step deeper. The fifth dimension of wisdom is governmental. So the first is spiritual. The second is mental. You're going to have to catch the replay on this. Trust me. The first is spiritual. I know I'm dropping heavy. The second is mental. The third is moral. And the fourth is practical. Now, the fifth one, the fifth one is governmental. Here's where I want to land. The fifth one is governmental. Governmental wisdom. Number five, governmental wisdom, governmental wisdom. Now, what do you mean by governmental wisdom? You know, you're talking about the U.S. president. No, 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 no. Governmental wisdom. How to govern your home, your family life. What people don't see when they don't see you. Mm. <laughs> governmental. Family discipleship is essential for evangelism. It, it does us no good for you to run around telling everybody who you are if it's not also seen, if your light is not seen by the people closest to you. Amen. 
Family disciples, how do you govern yourself at home? If you're single, how do you live for Christ single? How do you live for Christ in your home? How do you model? How do you model what others see? And so understanding the governmental dimension of wisdom. Now, here's where I want to land. I've given you five dimensions of wisdom. Okay. And we said that they are what? Spiritual. Help me out. Second is mental. Third is, come on, you're taking notes. Third is moral. We're note taking church. Fourth is what? Practical. And then the fifth is governmental. All right. Now I want to, I want to shift gears just a second and I want to deal with this. Okay. So while there are five dimensions of wisdom, which show us how wisdom operates, because notice the text, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get it. Get wisdom. You can get it. Somebody shout, get it. Somebody just type it in, get it. I got to get it. Okay. And in all you're getting, get understanding. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So I've got to get understanding. I can get it. If I don't have it, God can give it to me. <laughs> Glory to God. Whatever you need, God's got it. Whatever you want, God's got it. He's got everything you need. If I don't have it, I can get it. I can get access to it. I can get access to spiritual wisdom. I can get access to mental wisdom. I can get access to moral wisdom. I can get access to practical wisdom. I can get access to governmental wisdom. Why? Because I can get it from God. So the five dimensions show us how wisdom operates. And then I want to show us, and I'm going to close with this, four, uh, four functions of wisdom. Four functions of wisdom. Four, I hope this is helping you. If this is helping you, say you're helping me. Glory to God. All right. Four functions of wisdom. I see you. Amen. Four functions of wisdom. Now, these four functions of wisdom teach us what wisdom does for us. What wisdom does for us. Now, here's the principle. Okay, everything God does, he does according to a pattern based on a principle. Everything God does, he does according to a pattern based on a principle. Everything God does, he does according to a pattern based on a principle. So you've got to go back to understand the pattern and the principle. Okay, so everything God does, he does according to a pattern. Uh, we see in Hebrews, build according to pattern. God builds according to pattern. There's a blueprint. Looking unto Jesus, Hebrews 12 and 1 and verse 2. Uh, let us not, uh, let us, let us go uh, and look at that real quickly. Hebrews chapter, tw Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. I want to show you something real quick. This is not in my stuff. This is by the Holy Ghost. Hebrews chapter 12, 1 and 2. Two, Amen. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw away everything that hinders us and sin that so easily entangles us. All right. So you want to get rid of the entanglement. Hallelujah. Uh, he says here uh, that we have to throw it away. Amen. So don't be entangled now. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. <laughs> Verse number two, looking unto Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith. Now, how does this apply? Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. I like to Sharonize it. Uh, looking unto Jesus, the author and the architect of our faith. If he's the author and the architect, there's a blueprint. 
And if he's the author and the architect and there's a blueprint, then we have to go back to the word of God. So everything God does, he does according to a pattern based on a principle. So here are four functions of wisdom. First is this. First is this. First is this. Here we go. Wisdom is the map that moves you from your now to your next. Wisdom is the map that moves you from your now to your next. God is giving us a compass called discernment that through wisdom we'll be able to move from where we are now to where we're headed next. Wisdom is the map that moves you from your now to your next. Okay. Secondly, wisdom is the gap. Wisdom is the gap. Wisdom is the gap between your problems and your possibility. I want to stop here for just a second. Wisdom is your gap, is the gap between our problem and our possibility. How does that work, Bishop? Because the ability to perceive an opportunity in the midst of an obstacle requires wisdom. So every problem requires wisdom to be solved. Wisdom is the gap between your problem and your possibility. So in spite of what you're facing, in spite of what you're seeing, ask God to give you wisdom on how to handle it. Lord, this project is due by such such a time for my supervisor. Give me wisdom on how to handle it. Lord, I have a client that needs this, that, and the third. Give me wisdom on how to handle that. You can make it practical. Don't You don't have to go up and high in the sky. Oh, marvelous monarch of the universe. No, you can, you can make it practical. Uh, Holy Spirit, I have this, 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 and this that needs to be done within this time frame. Give me wisdom on the best way to do it. That's that's the gap. Wisdom closes the gap. Somebody type that in and say wisdom closes the gap. God wants to give you wisdom to close the gap in every area and facet of your life. Wisdom closes the gap. Hallelujah. Wisdom closes the gap. Third thing, third function of wisdom, wisdom is the tap. Wisdom is the tap through which your energy flows. So again, wisdom is the map that moves you from your now to your next. Okay. Secondly, wisdom is the gap between your problems and your possibilities. Okay. Uh, wisdom then is the tap by which your energies flow. Come on here. Are you with me? Glory to God. Are you with me? Talk back to me in here. Are you with me? Wisdom is the tap. Okay. So it's the map. Secondly, it's the gap. Thirdly, it's the tap. It's the tap through which your energies flow. It's the tap through which your energies flow. Everything, everything that you have, your gifts, your talents, your abilities are channeled through wisdom. I'm going to say it again. Everything that you have, your gifts, your talents, and your abilities are channeled through wisdom. So wisdom is a pipeline. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wisdom. I know that I'm, I, I can see in my spirit right now uh, uh, arrows in the spirit. I'm hitting with accuracy this morning. I can see it in my spirit. I know this is what God is telling me to do. I, I see I'm hitting it with accuracy this morning. If, 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 if I'm speaking to you, just, just say amen. Glory to God. Wisdom is a pipeline. And when your wisdom is choked, it blocks the flow. 
I'm, I'm going to I'm, give me five more minutes. I'm going to close. All right. Wisdom is a pipeline. And when your wisdom is choked, it blocks the flow. And I hear the Lord saying this morning, I'm, I'm breaking, I'm breaking off uh, whatever's blocking you. I want you to say right now, no more blockage. Speak that over your life. Say it right now. No more blockage. Hey, woo, glory. Say it right now. No more blockage. I come against every blockage that tries to stop the flow of God moving in every area of your life. Wisdom is a pipeline. And when your wisdom is choked, it blocks the flow of your gifts, your talents and your abilities. I'm telling you right now, no more blockage. I'm sending right now some spiritual Drano to clean out that pipeline that you can receive and hear from the Lord. Wisdom is the map. Wisdom is the gap. Wisdom is the tap. Last one. Wisdom is the cap. <laughs> I'm going to do that again. Wisdom is the map. Wisdom is the gap. Wisdom is the tap and wisdom is the cap to your performance in life. Wisdom is the cap to your performance in life. So wisdom is the cap to your performance. Dr. John Maxwell years ago, uh, we used to teach it to our staff years ago. I may need to go back to some of that back in the old days uh, with Johnny Manning and, and Dr. Varr and some of the others. We used to teach on uh, one of the 20, 21 irrefutable laws of leadership is the law of the lead. The law of the lid, the law of the lid. Wisdom is the cap to your performance in life. Uh, it is the cap. So as your wisdom is, so will your life be. As your wisdom is, so will your life. Woo! God knows this word is this word is shaking some things today. As your wisdom is, so will your life be. Wisdom is the map. Wisdom is the gap. Wisdom is the tap and wisdom is the cap for where God wants you to be. Wisdom is the principal thing and therefore get wisdom and all that getting get understanding. Lord, I've done what you told me to do. I've said what you told me to say. Thank you for confirming this word with signs, wonders and miracles. Thank you for tailor making this word for your people. Thank you for breaking the blockage. I hear the Holy Ghost say there should be no more delay. I declare in the name of Jesus, there'll be no more delay, no blockage, no hindrance shall come against the work and the will of the Lord in your life, in the name of Jesus. If you're not saved out of the ark of safety, uh, the greatest thing you can do is come to the wisdom of the Lord. I'm not teaching to you some Eastern thing, some new age thing. I'm talking to you about the word of God. Christ is the wisdom of God. 2000 years ago, they, they hung him high, stretched him wide for you and I. Surely he died and we have received eternal life because of what Christ did. Because he lives, we can face tomorrow because he lives. Uh, we have hope for the future. If you don't know him, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, the Lord Jesus, and you are saved. Salvation is the first step. Discipleship is a process, but every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. You can go to our website, globalfirenow.com and receive insight uh, and discipleship resources for your journey in Christ. I want us to sow into the kingdom of God this morning. 
This word was rich. Uh, how many of you can attest that this word was rich? Uh, we've poured out of our spirit. This word was tremendous. And I want us to sow into this anointing. I want us to sow into the uh, work of God, the spirit of the Lord, that the Lord is saying right now. Uh, we already know stewardship is the art of living wisely. Stewardship is the art of living wisely. And we want to grow in wisdom. Let's give. Let's give. Let's give. Let's give. There are four ways that we do it uh, in the global church. There are four ways that we do it. And I want you to continue saying that. No blockage. God bless you, Sister Imani, Coley, uh, send us a DM on there. Uh, I have a word from the Lord for you. No blockage. Hallelujah. No blockage. No blockage. No blockage. On Instagram, there are four ways that you can give. You'll see them. Four ways that you can give. Uh, you can do so by Cash App, dollar sign, Global Fire Now. Also, our website, globalfirenow.com. Uh, lastly, you can text the word global, G-L-O-B-A-L, to 51400. And then through Zelle, globalfirenow at gmail.com. No more blockage. Hey, Vana, I see you. No more blockage. God bless you. I want you to be obedient to the Spirit of the Lord. I had a text last night from one of our ministry saints uh, who said that they sowed a seed the other day. And uh, a job opportunity opened up. Amen. And so we know that this is good ground. And I want you to be obedient. Uh, let's use wisdom. Let's use wisdom. I want to get to the place of maturity in which we don't have to, uh, we don't we do not do gimmicks or games anyway. We just simply uh, have received, released the word. We want you to obey God uh, as he has blessed you. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus for every person under the sound of my voice. I thank you for the map. I thank you for the gap. I thank you for the tap. I thank you for the cap. I thank you for every facet of our life that you're bringing us into. I thank you for maturity and how you're maturing us in this word. I thank thank you right now for every gift. I bless you right now for what you're doing and what you are continuing to do. Thank you for the replay. Thank you for every person under the sound of my voice that's sowing into this anointing right now. Thank you for drawing men and women, boys and girls into this work that we will continue to obey you by what you have said. I want you to sow into this anointing right now by faith in Jesus name. I bless you. The Lord bless you and keep you. Cause his face to shine upon you. May his countenance be with you. And may he give you his peace. No fear. Stand in faith. The global is who we are. Fire is what we bring. Ministry is what we do. Amen. God bless you. Expect.